Welcome to another episode of the Positive Change Podcast, a podcast that's all about challenging the status quo and creating more potential for yourself and for humanity. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Harmer, and in this episode, we're talking about how you too can be the change you most want to see in the world. If you've ever focused on doubting yourself or doubted whether you can make that all-important change, or you can see a change you need for others and realize that that change first starts with you, then this episode is one to listen to. Hi, I'm Dr. Richard Harmer, and you're about to discover new ways to go from overwhelm to thriving in your business and in your life by following your passions, pursuing your unique life purpose, and stepping fully into your infinite potential. You deserve to live your best life, a life filled with all of the clarity, courage, and commitment you need to be happy and to make a positive impact on the world. So get ready because this podcast challenges society's expectations for what it means to be successful in life and in business and invites you to grow beyond outdated assumptions for defining who you are. Welcome to the Positive Change Podcast. So welcome to another episode of the Positive Change Podcast. This episode is all about being the change you want to see in the world and realizing that the change you want for the world starts with you changing. Let me just set the scene. I have had the most crazy few weeks in terms of the amount of work that's going on, both online and in my real world, physical world practice. It's been, I don't know, probably a month since I've recorded a podcast and I'm usually pretty diligent, or at least I have been in the last 12 months, of recording a podcast once every couple of weeks. But it's been a while since I've done one because there's just so much going on in my world. So many initiatives. I'm involved in a program at the moment teaching me more about the embodiment of consciousness development, which is really exciting and interesting. And it's really helping me to understand how our physical bodies lay, have all of the secrets for what gets in the way of how we create positive change for ourselves and others. I'll talk more about this in a future episode. I'm also involved in a really key initiative called Be Light that's supporting a range of people who are change makers in the world to elevate their thinking and amplify their impact. Doing a bunch of client work at the moment and in the last few weeks, I've probably run four or five one-day workshops, some of those online and some of those face-to-face. And I simply love doing workshops. They really light me up inside and have me really feel like there's a deep, connection with who I am and the work that I'm doing for the world. Plus, there's just been a bucket load of deliverables. Now, I share that context in a way because you may also be feeling a similar way. The way of, wow, there's more to do on my to-do list than there's time to accomplish. And I also want to do this really important change for the world or this really important change in my organization or this really important change for my community. And I just don't seem to have enough time to make it happen. I was feeling this as well in the last few weeks and this week I blocked a whole week into my work calendar with one heading, slow down. Because I realized that you know, in the eight domains of living your best life, which I, I go into in my positive change program in great detail, love and family and friends and work and finances and health and well-being, particularly mental and physical well-being, personal growth 
and self-discovery and spirituality and meaning and purpose in life. I've realized just in the last few weeks that some of these things for me are not in full alignment, particularly the health and well-being. I haven't had a chance to do a lot of exercise. Now, I'm going to dedicate another podcast to this particular challenge and what's really important to ensure that all domains of your best life are in sync, are in balance and integrated with each other. Because if any one of them gets out of whack, then they all start to collapse. Now, as a side note, in the last few weeks, I've dug into an old TV series called Alone, which talks about people who have decided as part of a TV show to go into the wilderness and live off the land for as long as they can. Now, the key thing that was really interesting about that for me, other than the fact that you know they're um, needing to live off the land, is the mental or the psychology game. Nearly every single contestant in the show spoke about having to deal with the psychology of isolation and heightened levels of stress or continuous stress. And to me, this speaks of the importance of ensuring that all of these eight domains in your life are in balance so that you, if any one of them gets out of whack or out of place, then you know you have other domains in your life that you can rely on to get you back on track. I've also been spending a lot of time on one of my key mantras. And I'm going to talk about this more towards the end of this podcast episode, but this key mantra of I can do it and more importantly, I am doing it. Rather than wondering whether I can, it's recognizing that I already am. So this particular podcast episode that's really about, yes, you can make that change, was really brought about by a coaching conversation I had with a client just last week. Now, this is a person I've been working with for some time and they've really spent the last 12 to 18 months focusing on that next career move. They're a senior change maker in their organization and they're wondering whether or not they've just run out of runway to continue to create change in their organization if it's time to explore another domain or another context for creating change. Now, the question this person was asking themselves as part of our coaching session last week is, I'm ready for change, but can I really do it? I really want that next career move. I really want to expand my horizons for how I create a positive impact in the world, but am I really ready? Am I ready to make that change? Now, the key thing here is if you don't think you can change, you won't start. Let me just say that one more time. If you don't think you can change, you won't start. So if you think for yourself that you're asking a very similar question to this person I'm talking about was asking, I really want to change, but can I really do it? If you're asking this very question or you're asking a similar question, you know, am I able to make that all important impact in my community? Am I ready to step out there and have the, the courage to try that new thing? Am I ready to explore a different pathway in my career or my life? Am I ready to make that all important change and get on that fitness quest? Whatever that question might be, if you're asking yourself the question, am I ready in whatever form that takes, then this particular podcast, what I'm going to share is really important for you because 
If you don't think you can make that change, you just won't start. So take a moment. Grab a blank piece of paper, a pencil, a pen, texter, marker, whatever is close to you and take 60 seconds and think about that all-important change that you know you want to make for the world. For your community, for your team, for your organization, for your neighborhood, for your country, whatever that might be, that all-important change. It doesn't really matter how small or large the impact is. Any change has the same premise to it. It all starts with you believing that you can actually implement that change. So take a few moments, write down that all-important change you want to make and then ask yourself the question, can you do it? If you can, then get started. Now, if there's any twinge of doubt, then let me give you the secret superpower to overcoming any doubt to starting any important change in your life, your career, your work, whatever the context might be. That all-important superpower that any successful change maker has mastered. It's called self-efficacy. Now, self-efficacy was first developed by Albert Bandura, a psychologist, a positive psychologist, a developmental psychologist in the 1970s based on the combination of three key pathways of development. Social cognitive theory, reciprocal determination, and social learning theory. Now, I won't get into the details of those three things because you can probably Google a bunch on them. But in essence, it's all about how how we understand our own performances in relation to other people and how we understand our own performances in relation to what we idealize we want to, how we want to perform can make all the difference. Now, key to self-efficacy is this understanding that human beings are the agents of their own self-development. That is, you won't try something new, you won't undertake that all-important new learning, you won't engage in something you've never done before until you become an agent. That is, you take control and you choose to engage in that new thing. Human beings can adapt and self-regulate themselves to a achieve a desired future self-efficacy is all about this understanding that you are the agent of your own destiny in other words you can change and you can maintain the optimism and resilience you need to realize any goal your destiny is in your own hands if you believe you can make that change you can do it and if you don't then you won't. So what is self-efficacy? Self-efficacy is an individual's belief in his or her ability to execute behaviors necessary to produce a specific performance result. This is how Bandura, Albert Bandura defined it in 1977. Let me make this really simple. It's your belief that you can accomplish what you set out to accomplish. This is different to self-esteem. That is, I believe I'm a good person. This is all about whether you believe you can do something if you really want it. 
it is the secret source, the superpower to creating, sustaining, and realizing any change. Your belief that you can do it or that you can't. Now, self-efficacy reflects a person's confidence to execute control over one's own motivations. That is the way you think, your own behaviors, that is what you do, and your social environment, that is your relationships and the situation at hand. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the distinction between somebody who has strong self-efficacy and somebody who may have weaker levels of self-efficacy. Now, I need to state here in talking about self-efficacy that self-efficacy is also situation, goal, or context-specific. That is, you may have higher levels of self-efficacy in one domain of your life, let's just say it's work, and lower levels of self-efficacy in another domain of your life, relationships. So it's not like we have an overarching level of self-efficacy for every situation. It undulates or has higher or lower levels depending upon the situation or the context is. Now, the ultimate aim here is when we have all eight domains of our best life all integrated, harmonious, and connected, then we do have the opportunity to pursue what we call life self-efficacy rather than domain-specific self-efficacy. But let me outline a little bit about the difference between somebody who's high versus low and when i read each of these comparisons to you i'm going to suggest that you think about how each of them relate to you think about the goal you have in front of you right in your journal and think about how each of these comparisons relate to you now first of all a person with high self-efficacy will actively seek to engage in personally challenging tasks specifically those related to a particular goal they want to achieve. They will actively pursue those tasks. They'll engage in those challenging tasks and they won't shy away from them. Whereas somebody with weaker or lower levels of self-efficacy are more likely to avoid that challenging task, deciding to take the easier option or the easier pathway and not dive in to those tasks that they realize or they assess in advance as being challenging. Someone with high self-efficacy is also going to develop a deeper commitment to those interests and activities that bring out their best. They're committed to those activities. They're committed to diving into those challenging tasks and they're committed to staying connected with those interests, even though at times they may be hard to pursue or attain. Whereas somebody who is lower in self-efficacy is going to lose focus quicker. They're going to dive in to that interest and then question whether it's for them without necessarily spending long enough in that new interest to realize that there's definitely something they want to pursue with even more vigor somebody high in self-efficacy will be able to recover more quickly from setbacks and disappointments in pursuing something that really matters that all important change for example there are going to be times where things just don't work that's the reality of pursuing any goal. Goal attainment is all about how well a person is able to overcome setbacks, to realize and celebrate successes, and to further amplify their own personal resourcefulness. Somebody high in self-efficacy is going to recover from setbacks and disappointments quickly, whereas somebody lower 
is going to dwell on what might have been and continue to dwell on what might have been rather than focus on what will be. Somebody higher in self-efficacy believes that they can do or achieve absolutely anything they set their mind and their intention to. They believe that anything is possible for them. They just have to start. Whereas somebody lower in self-efficacy has a belief that difficulty, the difficult tasks are always beyond their capabilities. They're always beyond their ability to achieve them. High self-efficacy, people view challenges and problems as things to be mastered, not things to be avoided. Whereas those lower quickly lose confidence in their personal ability to realize that challenging problem. Those high in self-efficacy flourish when things are difficult. They focus on personal success and positive outcomes, not on failures and negative outcomes. Ultimately, what we're looking for is higher levels of self-efficacy in multiple domains of your life. Multiple opportunities for you to realize your past successes and apply them to your future potential. Again, self-efficacy is a belief in your own, you have control over your own motivations, your own behaviors and own social environment in order to realize something that matters to you. So the question you might be asking right now, if you're looking at those continuums from po pursue positive challenging tasks to avoid challenging tasks, and each of those elements I've just shared, you might be looking at how you map on those continuums on each of those ones I shared with you and thinking to yourself, yeah, okay, I get it. But how do I strengthen my self-efficacy so that I can be even more assured guaranteed that you'll hit that more important change that create that all important change in motivation behavior and circumstance that you most aspire to well some of the work that albert bandura spoke to and explored in his exploration and unpacking of what makes up self-efficacy there are four in fact five fundamental elements that support a person to build their self-efficacy and each of these five are 100% available to you as well. The first is mastery experiences. In essence, recognizing that I've done it before so I can do it again. It's performing a task well helps build self-efficacy. Understanding that you've tried something challenging and you perform that task well in pursuit of mastery Self-efficacy builds every single time we realize that we've succeeded in something, particularly something that's related to the current goal. Now, the downside here, the potential blind spot is we need to stretch ourselves. If the task is too, too simple and we realize it too easily, then we don't build self-efficacy. We need to have a task that challenges us and stretches us to go above and beyond what we thought was possible, but not too far, not overstretched so that we fail. A stretch that stretches us beyond our comfort zone, but not so far that we fail. If we fail at a task that we set ourselves, we're diminishing our self-efficacy. If we stretch ourselves and realize that challenging problem and we work out how to overcome it, we enhance our self-efficacy. Now, the second element beyond 
mastery experiences is social modeling. Now, social modeling is witnessing others' success and engaging in healthy comparison. It's recognizing somebody that's already doing the thing that you want to do and then noticing what they do and how you do it too. It's healthy comparison. It's emulating other people's success. It's getting to this point of, I too have this skill. Now again, the potential downside here is if we choose a person to compare ourselves to that has more mastery than we're able to do in that next challenge, if we stretch ourselves too far in social modeling, for example, I want to get fitter, but I'm probably not likely to emulate an Olympic athlete this time around. I need to find somebody to use as a social model for my own future performance that I can also attain that level of performance. Go too far, then we build and we, and we reduce our self-efficacy rather than enhance it. The third element, the third element here is social persuasion. In essence, this is all about getting feedback or verbal encouragement from other people that we use to persuade ourselves that we can do that thing we're not sure we can do. It's getting other people to encourage us to continue going until we can do it for ourselves. Someone that believes in us until we can believe in ourselves. It's Really important here is to ask for feedback from other people about what you are doing well. Most of the time we're asked for feedback from other people about what went wrong and how we could get better next time. Now, of course, feedback to improve upon a mistake is important, but we also want to get feedback on our successes, getting feedback on what worked well so we can enhance what worked well. It's getting that verbal encouragement. Now, the fourth element here is what's called physiological feedback. It's the often forgotten element of building self-efficacy. In essence, it's letting your body motivate your mind to succeed. Getting yourself hyped up emotionally to arouse those beliefs that I can do anything. Now, if you've ever seen people getting themselves set for an important sporting match or a sporting occasion, you'll see that they're playing high-intensity music or something that really brings on that positive adrenaline rush within their body that arouses their physiology in order to arouse their mental beliefs towards, I can do it. So those four elements, master experiences, social modeling, social persuasion, and physiological feedback and physiological arousal are four fundamental elements to building self-efficacy. But they're all hung together by this fifth one called psychological response. In essence, it's monitoring your own mood and proactively addressing negative thoughts and feelings and amplifying positive thoughts and feelings. This is this sense check of how am I going in each moment or in each phase of trying to implement that change. Anytime we notice our thoughts and feelings move from more positive 
towards more negative thoughts and feelings, we need to activate master experiences, social modeling, social persuasion, and physiological feedback more readily. These are the fundamental building blocks to building self-efficacy. Now, we need to think about these building blocks kind of like the hub spokes of a wheel. In the center of this wheel, in the hub, is psychological responses. It's the thing that we're monitoring constantly in order to allow us to get the leverage in all other elements of strengthening self-efficacy at the right time. The four spokes, obviously, master experiences, social modeling, social persuasion, and finally, physiological feedback and arousal. But what's the rim? What's the outer rim of this wheel? Well, it's what you're actually doing to reinforce self-efficacy. It's the very change you're wanting to make. The more you implement that change, the more you move from I think I can to I am, I am, I am, I did, I did, I did. The more you're doing that, the more you're actually building self-efficacy. So let's think about how you would do these five elements in practice. First, mastery experiences the fundamental thing to do here is to celebrate your past and current successes so think for a moment about the goal you wrote in your journal the thing the change you want to make that is incredibly important and think about your current levels of self-efficacy the strength of your self-efficacy the strength of your resolve in pursuing those goals think for a moment about where you have done something similar to this current change in your past, a success. It may not have been in the same domain or the same area of of focus as now, but think about all of your past successes that you know build your resolve and your confidence and your self-belief that you can tackle this current challenge and thrive. Think about all of your current successes, the things you're currently doing that have allowed you to get to this point where you're ready to answer the question, am I ready to make this change? You've accomplished so much to get to this point. Write down in your journal some of those past and current successes and make sure that you celebrate them. Because every single time you celebrate a success, You build your own internal resourcefulness to tackle that next challenge to thrive. Next, let's think about social mastery. Think about the goal and observe or identify three other people that you know in your immediate social network or even broader in society itself who have already engaged with the same challenge and have succeeded. Observe what they did and emulate that success. Emulate the very activities they did to be successful and set yourself up to succeed in your own right. Third, let's think about social persuasion. Social persuasion I shared earlier is all about getting verbal encouragement from other people. Seek positive affirmation. Go and talk to five of your closest friends or colleagues within 
whatever context you think about, whether it be work or family or friendship group or sporting group or whatever it might be, go and talk to five people that you know, know you well and ask them to give you some positive feedback, some positive affirmation about what makes you already amazing. If you're feeling even bolder, tell them about the change you want to make and get them to convince you that you're ready to make that change. This is one of the most powerful things I do for myself. When I want to make a significant change, I go and talk to five people. I find one of those people and I get them to tell me why they think I, I can make that change now. Get them to persuade me that I'm ready. And if they persuade me, which they always do, I know I'm ready. Now, finally, in this area is physiological feedback. It's preparing your body for peak performance so that your mind will follow. Now, there's many ways that you can do this. Have your motivational mixtape, as, as I've often shared before, that set of songs that you know will always take you to the next level. When I pull on my runners and go for that run in the morning, I have the same set of music, same intensity music that really gets the heart pumping, gets the blood flowing so that I know that I can do it. And every, it's got a, just a beat to it that perfectly matches the cadence of my own run so that every beat is the next foot pounding on the pavement and I know that I'm heading in the right direction. Now, finally, and we talk about this a lot within my Purposeful Positivity, my Positive Change program, psychological responses. It's paying attention to your thoughts and your emotions. Your thoughts and your emotions can do a lot to determine your ultimate behavior. Negative thoughts, negative action. Positive thoughts, positive action. It's pretty simple. So paying attention to your physical psychological responses and how you're feeling day to day, even hour to hour. Establishing a check in your diary, in your calendar, in your day to check in and how you're thinking and feeling. And then making that hyper-focused. Each time you're actively engaged in that change you want to make, making sure that you monitor your thoughts and your feelings. That observer self, that, that, that view of yourself that's monitoring how you're thinking and feeling about your very performance creating that change doing that consistently will help you to recognize when you may be getting off track and you can activate even more of these other four elements mastery experiences social social modeling social persuasion physiological feedback as a way of getting yourself back on track now before I conclude this episode of Positive Change Podcast, I want to give you the number one action that if you were to do it this week, it will make all of the difference to how you go about pursuing and realizing your positive change. To help you to answer the question, am I ready to change, but can I really do it? To go, I'm ready for change and I can do it. What I want you to do for the next seven days in the morning I want you to look in the mirror. Put your shoulders back, your chest forward. Breathe deeply. Look at yourself square in the eyes in the mirror. State your goal. 
state that positive change you want to make for yourself, your community, society, humanity at large, in whatever domain that is. I want to become fitter. I want to participate in the next triathlon. I want to support my team to overcome that important change they need to make. Whatever that change is for you, state that change and then immediately say, I can do it. State the change and then immediately say, I can do it. With your shoulders back, your chest forward, breathing deeply with all of the groundedness and conviction that is already within you. Then go about your day knowing that you've set your intention and your focus to be successful. Then at the end of each day, come back, look in the mirror and state your goal again and then say, I am doing it. State your goal and then immediately afterwards say, I am doing it. In the morning, I can do it. In the evening, I am doing it. Say this morning and night for seven days around your goal and just notice how you will start to look at the opportunities you create for yourself to make that change happen. To move from wondering if you can to recognizing that you already are. This has been another episode of the Positive Change Podcast, a focus on self-efficacy, realizing that the very agency, the very destiny that is yours to create, it's in your hands. You're in the driver's seat of creating the mastery that you need to be all that you dream of in your life. Stay tuned for the next episode. See you soon. Hi, and thank you so much for checking out another episode of the Positive Change Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit subscribe using the button below and make sure you also click the bell icon to get notified every time we release a new episode. If you're looking for the show notes for this episode, we have them in the link underneath, as well as our social media handles and some links to free training and other offers that we drop from time to time to help you go from overwhelmed to thriving in pursuing your best life. So go ahead and check out this episode's show notes if you're interested. And thank you so much for tuning into the Positive Change Podcast.